So this is the third episode of Blood, Sweat, and Teal, presented by Fear the Finn. I'm C. I'm still Kyle. Um, I realize that we actually never gave our Twitter handles before, so we should probably do that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Now You See Me with C spelled like my name, S I E. Uh, you can find me at Kyle Demetrius. <laughs> um, for all the people that don't know Eastern European names, it's K Y L E D E M E T R I U S. Cool. You can find all of our fun shark slots on Twitter. Um, so we're gonna jump fun, into some fun, games here. Fun shark thoughts. <laughs> Actually, what you can find on Twitter right now is Kevin LeBanc uh, being referenced as the future of the sharks, courtesy of our own C. Uh, oh God! On, on the I NHL Network. So big shout out to <sighs> you for getting some national recognition. Um, yeah. Directly ripping your headline, <laughs> so you can you can you can have the next minute to two minutes to just gush oh over your over your 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 favorite son, Kevin LeBanc. Okay, you definitely blindsided me with this, just so everyone knows. Um, we plan what we're going to talk about, and I totally, f- like, blanked on this. So, um, I'm, like, really embarrassed. Uh- <laughs> That's why I did it, because it's funnier this way. <laughs> um, so, the Sharks retweeted something from NHL Network, who were interviewing Kevin LeBanc. Um, he's from New York, so this road trip's a really big deal for him. And at the end of the interview, she kind of looks down at her cue card, and she says, SB Nation calls you the future of the Sharks. Um, that was not just, like, SB Nation as a whole. That was me, specifically. I said that. Um, that was exactly my top 25, under 25 headline. So, if you do follow me on Twitter, you will see that I compared it to when your parents are around you and a boy that they know you like, and they're like, oh, is this that boy you like? And he doesn't know, and so it just makes it awkward. Uh, Kevin LeBanc knows that I am in love with him. That's, that's just... He's my favorite son, so <laughs> you're definitely you're you're definitely championing the little bank is the future of the sharks. Um, I really am. Like I stand I'm not, by I'm not, but statement. you are. I, I stand by it one hundred percent. But God like did they have to bring that up? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they can they can only talk about his mustache for so long before they have to just like, so, carry on. The thing is I know that NHL Network reads my stuff. I, I interviewed Tony Luftman from NHL Network um, before the season started, so I'm I know that they read Fear the Fin, but like they don't have to tell the players what I say about them. Like, that's alright. <laughs> you can leave that out. <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun little uh, surprise this week. <laughs> do you think do you think Kevin LeBanc, after he was told that, went back to that article and read it? Oh, God. He's sitting there, like, Googling SB Nation, Kevin LeBanc. Oh, God. He's, like, what, like, 21, 22? Yeah, he's Yeah, he's a man of the internet. He could probably find it really quick and give it a quick read on the plane. You know, sees my Twitter in the byline, back reads yeah. me. It's yeah, it's not, like, it's not like if we said something about Joe Thornton, he would literally never, ever know unless somebody told him, because I'm pretty sure he, like, has, like, a flip phone <laughs> or, like, a Nokia brick phone that he plays Snake on. But, like... <laughs> Kevin, Kevin LeBanc, definitely. Kevin LeBanc's Twitter handle is straight to the bank with an eight as the eight part of straight. So, like, that guy, that guy, that guy's cruising around the web at, like, two in the morning looking but for also, stuff. So his entire Twitter presence is um, his unfollowers tracker. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, I had to unfollow. So, so, Kevin LeBanc, if you listen to this, sorry, buddy, I unfollowed you because I don't need to know how many Twitter followers you gained and lost. <laughs> and I don't need to know my own. And you don't have to tell me that. And I... We're we're okay. Which <laughs> makes me wonder if he set up like one of those follower trackers and just never like 
set it so it doesn't auto tweet or he's like checking his followers very regularly. It's, it's gotta be it's gotta be an auto tweet situation. There's nobody nobody cares that much. Like every time I get like two or three new followers, I always like, oh man, maybe I'm like up near and I, it's always seems to be the exact same number. Yeah. Because I guess like porn bots unfollow me as right. new people follow me, so I'm getting like more, I'm getting a good ratio of like humans to porn bots, which is which is a good thing now. So shout out to all our readers and listeners that followed me for real. <laughs> Um, I like to think that Kevin LeBanc cares that much. It, I, I'm going to let that shape my opinion of him. He probably <laughs> that he does. he cares so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was that was a fun little bit this week. Um, his family came to, I think, all of the games that were on this part of the, the road trip. They went to Bro- the New Jersey Island, Islanders and then the Rangers games. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and he he, the... he he played he played like his family was there too. Oh. <laughs> well, actually, um, I don't I don't know I don't know if it was him or as much as like Pete DeBoer was just like nah here on the fourth line now, take yeah. take a break. <laughs> um, but we'll backtrack a little bit before the road trip. We uh, finished our home stand against the Habs. Went good. Was uh. It went was a fun excellent. Game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not not mad, not mad it was, at all. It was weird because it seemed like one of those games where San Jose scored early, and it was like great. They got one past Carey Price, and then literally as they were announcing the goal, Jonathan Druin scored one that yeah. was a good shot, but like uh, Jones should have had. Like, yeah. Jones, Jones should have stopped that. He was looking at him. Druin is a, goal, a professional goal scorer, but like. He probably should have stopped it. So mm-hmm. immediately they bounce back, and I was just in my head. I was like, "Oh great, this is gonna be one of those games where they just spin their wheels, they score a goal, they come back, and they end up getting blown out like five two. And then it was the opposite, where San Jose ended up blowing them out, um, led by like Logan Couture, who is on fire right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's he's had himself a week for sure. Um, he was the NHL's third star of the week. So good on you, Cooch. He got his uh. Second career Hattie, which, um, his first one, I cried. Like, there's video of me on the internet crying, um, somewhere. I'm not is, gonna Is it like dig, the Britney, that out, like, leave Britney alone video? <laughs> You're just, like, under a sheet with, like, a flashlight? Um, I was actually in bed. That's really funny. I was in bed watching this game, and I just, like, can't form words. I was crying so much. Like, I was so happy for him, because they were trying so hard, so we knew it was going to happen. That's why there's a video of it, is because they tried. He almost had the third goal the first time, and then he finally got it. So, um, they made him stay on the ice and everything. And you could tell, um, the other night, there was another... Was it against the Habs when he had two points? Yes, he had two goals. He had two two goals against the Habs, then three against the... Uh, Islanders, yeah. and he had one more tonight. So, in the, the game against Montreal, they were trying to get him a third. You Like, Joe Thornton was trying his hardest to get... Like, he looked for Logan Couture when he um, went to get that empty net goal. Like, he was looking to see where Cooch was. <laughs> my, my, uh, my theory is that Joe Thornton wants to play a, like, an entire season without scoring and have, like, 70 <laughs> assists just as, like, a hilarious... Stat line, so he was like, oh he just does not want to. Even the shot that he took, which was super funny, if anybody's not seen it, he gets it over the blue line. There's mm-hmm. like one random giant 2004 NHL defenseman on the Habs blue line um, that can't move, and Joe Thornton yeah. literally spins back around, looks for Logan Couture, who is standing at his own blue line, 
not right. paying attention and then is like, oh, guys, I guess I better get up here. Skates yeah. up. By that time, by that time, the 2004 dinosaur defenseman the Habs seemed to love kind of comes at Thornton and Thornton's like, ah, screw it. I guess I'm going to shoot it and takes a yeah. slap shot from the, yeah. from the, from the blue line through the defender's legs. Like, I don't know what he was doing, but it was, it was a great goal that nobody's ever going to remember. Like, Two right. minutes from now, but like it was hilarious in the moment because he just did not want to score at all. Right, and so he was looking for Couture, and I think that's the team does that a lot though. When uh, someone's close to a Hattie, they're like, "We want you to get this." I, they have a really good team dynamic like that. So, um, so it's cool that he got a second one. Very proud. Um, he carried that game for us. So even though he, we lost, he Couture, was the reason that it wasn't a five-zero loss. So you know. Yeah. yeah, Couture carries a lot of games. Like it's 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 becoming more and more apparent that this team is going to be really bad without Logan Couture if he ever like yeah. randomly gets one of his freak injuries again. Yeah, or he's so injury prone. Yeah, like <laughs> Couture is really good. Like people say he's a two C. He's probably like a one light. He's probably better than a two C, but not quite like a Joe Thornton right. or a John Tavares. Um, yeah. But he's very, very good. And without him, this team would be in deep trouble. And right now he is playing like like it's playoffs. A man possessed. Uh, yeah. So that's how, in a way, though, I kind of feel like that's how we know the Sharks are in a little bit of trouble. Is <laughs> because Logan Couture is playing like it's playoffs right now. Um, that's not a good thing, <laughs> because if you remember the the year that we made it to the Stanley Cup final, Logan Couture had a point in every single elimination game. Most of them, he had multiple points. Um, he plays his best when it looks like the Sharks are on their way out. So, if he's playing like it's playoffs, that doesn't speak too well of what's going on with the team. Um... I mean, I appreciate it. I'm glad he is out there carrying our team, but uh, yikes well, on the rest of those if, guys. What if, what if, not that I disagree with you, but we'll do all angles here. What if he has, like, this is the maturation of Logan Couture, and this is his final evolution. Like, he's a little Pokemon, and he, that playoffs, <laughs> that playoffs was, like, his, like, second stage where, like, wow, Logan Couture's really good and can carry this team. And then last year was kind of injured, and it was a down year after, like, the long year. And this year, he finally, like, evolved into his true form, which is just, like, a guy who drives play, drives possession, scores goals, is the, one of the three best players in the team at all times, and you know when he's on the ice. What if this is just, like, his, he's only, he's my age, so he's 28, so it's not inconceivable that he got a little bit better over the last couple years. So what if this is, like, his, like, final, <laughs> this, what if this is, like, I, I'm not saying it, it happened, maybe he is just playing no. crazy because the Sharks have, like, a fossil as their 1C, and then, like, a bunch of depth, but, like, mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not that. Hopefully he's just playing really, really well right now. But I fear what you fear is that he's taking more right. of a workload on because he has to. I do. I have a hard time thinking that um, that he's getting better as a player and that's what's causing this. Um, age is a factor, obviously. Um, I think at 28, he's at the age where forwards tend to plateau or drop off. Um, I think for him, this is kind of a plateau point, given just the caliber of player that he is. And he's not, you said that he drives possession, but he really doesn't. Um, That's been having hurdle on his wing has been what's driving possession. And so I think those two being together has elevated his his level of play. Um, Hurdle 
makes him a better player because he drives possession when that's something that Couture actually does struggle with. Yeah, I see. It. Mm, I, mm, I don't know. I was over the hurdle as a center experiment, but then the more I think about it, like Chris Tierney is maxing out here at like, he's not, it's becoming more apparent that he's not a third line guy. Uh, yeah. He's more of a fourth line center which means I want to see Hurdle back down to the third line. But at the same time, Ryan Carpenter is probably better than Chris Tierney. So it's like a weird mishmash. But at this, but I don't know what they do. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Carpenter get more minutes. Um, I would yeah, really like good over this Carpenter last couple and Tierney, games. I, I think, could be fine. <laughs> I like that idea. Um, the Sharks, did. they've kind of been you know, mixing up the lines a little bit, mostly today. Yeah, so, um, so okay, so like, in you have the lines up in front of you, right? Yes. Okay, so yes, do you I have do. the Habs game up? Yes. Or do you have the, okay, so in the Habs, I what have all was four, the... four games. Okay, so start with the Habs, and we'll go through the progression, because I think this is a good exercise in seeing <laughs> what Pete DeBoer has done over the four, last four games, right. and then we can really take stock, because right. it, it's, hard, um, it's hard to just throw out names without, like, right. hearing them in succession. Starting right away, uh, d- the defense has not changed in all four games. So, which is them. awesome. We'll we'll, yes. we'll talk about that after because Paul Martin yes. seems to be rejuvenated again, and uh, friends of our friends of the blog on Twitter seem to think that he's one hundred percent back in the lineup. Yikes! Uh, we'll get yeah, to that. Y- y- yikes! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we will get to that. Um, so forwards. Uh, Hold on, let me just kind of flip through these real quick. It looks like... Okay, so for the first three games, they were exactly the same. Um, okay. Oh, no. There was slight... Well, no, they're the same. Um, <laughs> they just had Donskoy and Hansen switched around on one of them, but they were all on the third line. They just had them on different sides. It was very strange. Oh, that's anyway, so, so for the Islanders, the Devils, and the Habs... Um, we had our top line of Kevin LeBanc, Joe Thornton, Joe Pavelski. Second line, uh, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, and Melker Carlson. Um, I'm just double-checking real quick that Carlson was correct. Yes, um, all yeah, three. Then Timo Meyer, Chris Tierney, and Mikhail Bodker on the third line. Yannick Hansen, Ryan Carpenter, and Jonas Donskoy on the fourth. So that was for the first three games. And then tonight? Tonight, top line stays the same. Uh, second line stays the same, but the bottom six gets all moved around. So it's Jonas Donskoy, Chris Tierney, and Mikel Bodker on that third line. And then Barclay Gaudreau, Ryan Carpenter, and Joel Ward on the fourth line. Which means that Hansen dropped out, which is fine because he's a corpse at this point. I don't know where yeah. he is. He's, he's like got he's got to be like on one of those like old timey like milk cartons. Like, have you seen this man with like missing? It's just like Hansen's face. Yeah. He's yeah. just like MIA. So whatever, Hansen can come out of the lineup, sure. Uh, Timo Meyer got scratched. Yes, Timo Meyer got scratched. Let's pour for one Barclay out for our, our Swiss child. Oh my God, Barkley Goodrow. I'm not. If you, you, you can, you can do the devil's advocate thing where you champion Barkley Goodrow because I'm, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, he passed it up the middle of the ice tonight against the Rangers. Literally just went to clear it and passed it straight to three Rangers and died. Oh. Just was frustrated. But um, I don't think Barkley Goudreau is better than Timo Meyer. I don't think he's ever going to be better than Timo Meyer. No, no. Timo Meyer being, I don't know how you feel about Timo Meyer, but Timo Meyer is excellent at doing things. He just has maybe been 
a little unlucky when it comes to shots. I think his shot selection has been better than last year where he shot literally everything at the net at all times. He could have been like yeah. parallel with the goalie and he would have just rifled it at him. But yeah. he's been better. He's been he's been doing all the things you want to see. Timo Meyer's what, like 20, 21? He's like uh, a kid. 20, I think. Like he's real young. He's really young. So yeah. to have him yanked out of the lineup is not the look I want to see, especially when... If you're going by, he hasn't scored, or he scored one goal, and not looking at the fact that he's been really good in all other facets of the play, yeah, he's going to make some mistakes because he's young. That's going to happen with everybody. But I think pulling him out of the lineup is a huge mistake. Even if he's not super consistent, he's still doing the right things, and he's 20. He needs to be in this lineup. And he is already at his age developing a two-way game, and like that's impressive. Um, I spoke to him after the uh, Barracuda Western Conference Final, right after they got eliminated, and like, the, like I asked him about the difference between playing in San Jose with the Sharks and playing with the Barracuda and what that's like, and um, it's like it's just you can tell that that's a player that he has. There's nothing left for him in the AHL, you know. Like he is not going to learn anything there. He's just gonna dominate based on pure luck at that point, like, he's just, like, so good at getting, you know, pucks to the net that they're going to go in eventually. And playing against, you know, a lower caliber of players, that's, it's just going to happen. His, he needs to be challenged. And you can tell that that was a player that wanted to be challenged and that, you know, he, he had fun, like, during the Barracuda's playoffs, but, like, he's that an wasn't NHL where player. he needed to be. Yeah, he, like, he's NHL ready, so... I don't know. It's it's frustrating to see him get pulled out of the lineup. Especially for a person we both agree, Father Time has come and knocked onto the mat and is basically trying to count out of the league in Joel Ward. Joel Ward's good if, like Hanson, I'm, I'm totally okay if you want to pull Hanson on the lineup and put Joel Ward in there for a game or two to motivate Hanson or just because he's bad. Joel Ward is that guy <laughs> now that's your 13th forward that's going to come in, give you veteran minutes, play every once in a while, Meyer shouldn't be the guy that's coming out for him or Goodrow. Right. Why I think haven't that we... oh, sorry, if you have if you have Joel Ward and you have Mc... or sorry, not Mikel Bodker, if you have Yana Kansen, that makes one of them redundant at that point. I well, mean, why they, is Mikel they... Bodker not move? Why has Mikel Bodker become like a gargoyle on the right wing of the third line? Yeah. Well, he uh, he was moved from previous games, right? Because I think before he was getting time on that second line earlier in the season, right? Um, yeah, a whole at the thing very beginning. Him, like, yeah, he how he's, like, losing Pete DeBoer's trust or something, I don't know. Yeah, but because um, he played with him in Kitchener doesn't mean that he gets a longer leash than a guy like Timo Meyer. This is what's, right, this is right. what's super frustrating about Pete DeBoer right now, is that he has a, and it's been his way his whole career, but he has a super long leash for veterans that possibly could be horrible. Yeah. And a young guy makes one mistake and like it, it's curtains. Like I tweeted tonight, Jonas Donsko scored a great goal and I tweeted that Donsko scored. So PDB is scratching him a hundred percent next game. And it just feels that way. Like you could, yeah. why is Donsko, why is Jonas Donsko playing on the fourth line? Tell me that because yeah. of last year, last year he had 400 injuries. We, we all know that we all found out afterwards that he has a lot of injuries. Well, he did. He got bumped up to the third line. Uh, and I think the problem with putting him on the second line is then it's between him and Hurdle. And I th- think this year, I mean, his his rookie year, he was really good on Couture's line. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that now, I think that uh, 
Hurdle is the better option at left what, wing. What about the other wing? What about Malco Carlson? Malco Carlson shouldn't be there. I don't know. Did you see his goal tonight? It was very pretty. Did you see Donsko's goal? It's also very pretty. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think... Uh, I don't know. I think Donsko needs to develop chemistry with someone, whereas Carlson can slot in literally anywhere and be effective. I guess, but the person I don't want Donsquay developing chemistry with is your fourth line center who's going to come out of the game in three days. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, like, Donsquay's been point. really good this year. Um, yeah. Circling back to Timo Meyer, I think when he first got called up last year, we saw him on the Joe's wing, correct? Yes. Yeah, um, he was, uh, he was he good. spent some time on the top line. Yeah, He was good, was... too, obviously, because that's like, somebody, somebody said, I forget who said it, it might have been a different Sharks podcast, he said it's the training wheels line. Which is a great way to put it because you just plug a guy in there. Um, yeah, last year they cycled uh, LeBanc, um, Hurdle, Meyer. Meyer, and I think Carpenter for Melko a bit. Car- Mel- Melko Carlson got some time up there too. Oh, yep, yep, yep. So, like, so kinda... it's, it seems to be like a motivator almost. Like, we're going to put you to get you going. But why didn't they throw Meyer on the top line? this season instead they just went yeah. straight to scratching him i don't know kevin lebank's been really good on that top line <laughs> you know how I, I feel about kevin lebank <laughs> yeah but at the same time pete 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 DeBoer moved him down to the fourth line after at the in the middle of the islanders game right and yeah. he wasn't playing at uh, the middle of this game possibly just in the third period donsko is playing on the top line yeah and lebank was uh, down again so if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna line blender the hell out of this team you need Timo Meyer in there because he's actually good, and he's not just a fourth yeah. line guy that you're going to put out there for eight minutes. Yeah, as much as I've said that I really like Hurdle and Couture as a tandem, I I wouldn't mind as far as increasing depth, seeing maybe what LeBanc would do on Couture's line, throwing tier or sorry, throwing Timo up on the top line, and then kind of bringing Hurdle down to the third. Um, not even necessarily centering it, but bringing him down to the third could help drive possession on that line and see what happens. Yeah. I would- that would work. Or put how about putting Hurdle Hurdle and Meyer, have they played together a lot? Yeah, they They I were think, on that weird EU line with like Hansen or Vodka, right? Yeah, like at the beginning of the season I believe that Hurdle and uh Meyer saw a little bit of time together. Yeah, it just seems that we're ten games in and there's already so much lineup rosturbation going on. And I don't Except for the defense. <laughs> except for the defense. We can talk about happy times in the defense line because uh Let's, They're so good. Let, let, let's talk about happy things because we seem like super depressed, uh, even though yeah. the Sharks are back to 500. Um, yeah. Tim Heed, Tim Heed, the sequence of events went, he got his first point on yeah. an assist, then he got another assist in the mm-hmm. next game, and then tonight he finally scored, and it wasn't a slap shot. It was, yeah. it was, it was a pass. <laughs> yeah, proud of him. What I've seen some, some talks about um, is having uh, Paul Martin replace Brendan Dillon on that bottom pairing with Heed when he comes back. Who who did you see make this point? Because I hope that person is really smart and respectful because that's awesome. Um, It might have been in the comment section, actually. So shouts to Shout out one to of that our readers. Commenter. I know that yeah. um, the writer on Fear the Fin, uh, uh, Eric, uh, Eric, he yeah. he thinks Eric, uh, or if you're French, <laughs> Aletic, um, he... <laughs> He... Eric Fowle, for everyone listening. Oh, yeah, I guess that's his last name, Eric Because there's two of them. Um, there's, we have two Eric's with a K. Okay, so, so Eric Fowle, he is... I don't want to brand him as the Dylan guy, but he's made in our Slack channels and in our talks about big time. Dylan is a, is a solid second-pairing guy. Um, 
He's our my stats eye, guy, so my, yeah. that's how he he looks at it. And my eyes um, don't agree, but like I also like math and I enjoy math, um, so I understand where that's coming. So he he would be or probably be pretty upset that Dylan was coming out just because he can see deficiencies in other areas. The big yeah. thing that I've seen is that Joachim Ryan is the same hand as Paul Martin. So peace out, Joachim Ryan. Yeah, that's see, that's the most likely scenario is that Joachim Ryan's going back down to the A. Um, but is well, he is he waiver exempt? Yes. He is the one that's not, correct? Yes, he does not. DeMello is not. Well, that's the other Dylan, we've still Dylan got DeMello. We'll, we should, we'll have like a Viking funeral for Dylan DeMello in a couple months. Yeah, yeah uh, I have a feeling he's, he's probably going to be requesting a trade soon. Yeah, they should I, package up him and Chris Tierney, call Garth Snow, and tell him we want John Tavares. See, I think that we can get more for Ryan Carpenter. Um, and I wouldn't be mad about losing Ryan Carpenter as much as I love Ryan Carpenter. Uh, I think packaging Carpenter would Yeah, that's get that's us fine. I just think I, I think so little of Garth Snow as a GM that I think Chris Tierney and <laughs> Dylan DeMello take, could like, grab with John Tavares. We uh, might even throw in a Brendan Dillon if he, if he asks Yeah, sure, what, whatever. Who cares? Well, like, you can have John McCarthy. Sorry, big John, but you're gone. Um, no, but like Dylan DeMello is 100% got to be traded, right? They're they're not just going to keep him rotting on the in the press box for the second year in a row, and it's yeah. not anything that he did. It's not his fault. It's just that no. Joachim Ryan and Tim Heat are better. Uh, That's the and thing. I, he's going to request a trade because he's an NHL ready defenseman. He is absolutely any other team's bottom pairing guy, and it's just it's we got better guys in the system now. Like uh, after seeing Joachim Ryan and Tim Heat, like. I don't yeah. want them out of the lineup. Like No, Joachim Ryan don't. and Rembrandt have been awesome together. Yeah. Um, people have been kind of picking on some of Ryan's mistakes, but at the same time, he's paired with Brent Burns. So he is a rookie defenseman carrying that pairing. So, you know, if you're you're giving him a hard time, maybe just, like, back off a little. Like A lot of times the, the, the criticism comes from, like, a, uh, how do I put this nicely, the hockey man. But that, is, yeah. that the thing? is that the thing that you say? Uh, me being a hockey man myself, uh, um, but a much younger version. Uh, I hope one day to be an old grizzled hockey man who says, back in my day. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick Lidstrom would never score that goal. Um, uh, but the hockey men and the old school types, they seem to just want, they seem to have this idea that Paul Martin is the only Brent Burns whisperer. Um, yeah. I don't know if Brent Burns needs a whisperer. I'm sure his wife does fine uh, talking Uh-oh. to him and telling him he's great. But, like, <laughs> the, guy's a, the guy's an NHL player. Joachim Ryan knows that Brent Burns is going to go on his little adventures in the offensive zone. Right. He knows that. He, he just knows that. Well, yeah, that. he played with Tim Heat. He, he knows what's Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, like, Brent Burns is like Tim Heat on steroids. So, yeah. like, he knows that this is coming. He's yeah. making mistakes that you expect any human NHL defenseman to make like if Mark Edward Vlasic was with Burns, maybe he doesn't because he's Vlasic. But at the same time, any defenseman is going to make some of these mistakes. But on the flip side, Joachim Ryan is just really good at hockey. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I wouldn't mind seeing Martin and Dylan kind of swapping in and out on that bottom pairing. I think that's going to be the smartest route for the defense. I think breaking up Ryan and Burns at this point would be really, really dumb. Like it's uh, not about it. They've just been um, really good. Like I, I don't yeah. know what I don't know what. 
Pete DeBoer and Doug Wilson need to see. And of course, this is speculation. Paul Martin may just sit in the press box because hey, Pete DeBoer just had Joel Ward sit in the press box for four games. Right. I right. don't think I don't think they will. I think Paul Martin is one of those respected in the locker room guys, and he's going to want him get him back out there. Yeah, but at the same time, his injury does kind of sound like one that can be kind of on and off. Um, so yeah, and he he's not a spring check in. Like this, this yeah. injury could linger. So yeah. We'll we'll see. I just uh, I just don't want it to be at the expense of Joachim Ryan, especially because yeah. the Sharks are in this youth movement, building on mm-hmm. the fly kind of thing, and then you scratch Timo Meyer and are going to pull Joachim Ryan out of the lineup for guys who are like thirty eight years old. Right. Justin Braun is impressing me lately as far as defense goes. Um, I think last year he struggled a little bit, especially after his offensive output the year before. Output like five goals. Well, yeah, it was like, uh, what did he, okay, now I'm going to look this up because it actually was quite a bit more than normal that year. Um, sorry, my internet's he used, really He slow. used to be offensive back in the day, and then him and Vlasic got turned into the shutdown pair, and he just gave up right. on that end of the game. Also, Justin Braun it, is American. Didn't know that until, like, two years ago. I thought he was Canadian. Um, I just think everybody's Canadian. It's, it's a really bad habit. Unless they have, like, a super, like, foreign name, like Vladimir Tarasenko. I just assume everybody's Canadian. Um, here we go. 23 points in 15-16. Then last year, that dropped down to 13 points. Ugh. So, Ugh. yeah. Yeah, that's Ugh. a big drop, right? Um, but now he's got three assists in seven games. So that's looking pretty good. I mean, that's a third of his assists from last year already. He doesn't, right? he doesn't get any power play time, right? No, actually, Vlasic gets more power play time than Braun does. Yeah, we're not, so. we're not, we're not having that conversation. Yeah. I'm just, right. I'm just yeah. going to save my breath. We've talked about that too much. He, he was on the power uh, play again tonight, and he was... The power play looked like garbage, and guess what? <laughs> Guys who don't play offense are on your power play. But anyway, um, yeah. I, I, I like Justin Braun. I've always loved Justin Braun uh, for his entire Sharks career. Um, yeah. I know, shout out to Eric again, foul. Uh, he wants to see Justin slide down the lineup um, mm-hmm. just because he, he, he has been slipping um, when you look at like the stats and stuff, which I'm semi-opposed to because I'm, I'm biased because I love the Vlasic-Braun pairing. I don't know about you. Um, I but, do. I do. I like yeah, that as a shutdown pair. I love it. Um, it, may not, it may be interesting to see him slide down and maybe shore up all the pairs, but at this point, I think it's fine to keep going, especially if... Ryan and Heat are going to stay in the lineup and continue to be right. awesome. And with balancing our right and left-hand shots, then that puts Vlasic with an offensive defenseman because that's either going to be Burns or Heed slotting in there. Heed would, De- would be fun. Or DeMello. Uh, DeMello is also a right-handed guy. Uh, it would be one of those. I, and I, I don't really like Vlasic um, with an offensive defenseman. I don't, I, which is weird because he's he's a perfect shutdown defenseman, so it would make sense to have him like carrying that back end. But I, I just don't like it. I like having a full shutdown pairing with him. So. Yeah, they don't they don't do that in the Olympics though because he plays with um, Drew Doughty, Doughty in the Olympics. Yeah, they're yeah, awesome. Yeah, we know that Drew Doughty is not a shutdown defenseman. <laughs> no, they, so he's they not go really the... an offensive defenseman anymore either. So no, uh, he's just yeah, there. Well. he's. The last Olympics he was. It was uh, that pairing is awesome. That was the best pairing for Canada every for the past like two Olympics. Um, Vlasic is like criminally underrated. uh, Oh, definitely. And will be quite overrated in two years' time when he has his huge contract uh, kicking Um, in. 
That actually, did you read the interview I did with Tony Luffman? Uh, yes. Okay, so yeah, my one of my favorite things is when we were talking about Vlasic. First of all, how uh, underrated he is, and what Tony Luffman was like. What I always point to when people um, talk about Vlasic is that Team Canada is the best in the world at hockey. They can pick anyone, and they pick Mark Edward Vlasic. Yeah, man. Um, so I think that like speaks just volumes, you know, right? But then my favorite thing that he actually said about Vlasic is that he interviewed him during the Sharks uh, Stanley Cup run. And he asked him, like, what defenseman did he watch like, growing up, and who did he model his game after? And he goes, actually, I wanted to be Pavel Bure. <laughs> 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 He's like, I really like the way he played. And then he just kind of stops, and he goes, I don't know what happened. <laughs> so, like, that's my, my favorite Vlasic story. It's just like, oh, imagine, he wanted to be- imagine Mark Edward Vlasic, like, French <laughs> sniper. Like, the guy barely speaks English. Just, like, this, like, loon, like... A, Guy, a baby Guy Lafleur just flying around <laughs> on the left wing, just sniping goals. Huh. And in an alternate universe, that uh, that that that's yeah. a thing where he's a fifty goal scorer because he yeah. loved Pavel Bure. Yeah, I just love that story. I don't know what happened. Great. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so awesome. he ended up being, you know, the best shutdown defenseman in the National Hockey League. But it's fine. <laughs> Your dreams. Everybody gives up on their dreams eventually. Aim for yeah. the stars, and you'll land on the moon. He, yeah, missed. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I wonder it'd be fun if if like like a non like not that we're non hockey people, but we're like younger and fun and stuff like that. I wonder if like get into weird topics like did Vlasic play hockey when he like or sorry not hockey play forward when he was like ten or like oh, eleven? Man, like I would I love to talk to Vlasic and be like, so you idolized Pavel Bure. Did you want to play forward when you were like twelve? Like, did you? Right. What was your totals at? Like, when did you switch to becoming a defenseman? Because uh, yeah, you're that would so good be really now. Interesting. Yeah, oh. it would be it would be the best to just have like a completely non-defensive NHL talk and just like ask him about growing up in like Quebec and sniping goals on for little French kids. I want to become friends with him just so I can hang out with his dogs. He's like a yeah. I was just gonna say he's like a super like adopt your dogs and he's like Quebec um, in Canada. A lot of provinces, including mine, like Ontario and Quebec, they have um, they have pit bull bands. Um, mm-hmm. and he's like super outspoken against that and he's like a big supporter of the SPCA and stuff and uh, he's the reason he, the Barracuda are doing the, the pucks and pups thing where yeah, yeah. you can bring your dog to the arena I like I can't believe that they're doing that I'm so excited like <laughs> I, I, I hope him and his girlfriend just show up with like all of their dogs and just like park them at center ice yes oh my god we got off topic here a little bit um <laughs> or or really really on topic depending on how you view this podcast fair um but yeah i like i like our defense um i really like actually having tim heed in that bottom pairing i know it limits his minutes and everything but doing that then you know when we kind of roll out those uh third and fourth lines we got a little bit of extra offense coming from tim heed and i think that's really cool I like him. He's good. <laughs> yeah. We this is a Tim Heed and Yoakum Ryan friendly podcast. Please do yes, not speak ill of, of of our of our future children. Tim, Did actually, I think see... Tim Heed. Tim Heed's like my age or possibly your age. No, so it's kind of awkward. They're they're twenty five and twenty four. Uh, oh, I thought he was twenty seven. I thought he was twenty seven already. No, no. Oh, pretty... Dylan DeMello is twenty seven. No, he is not. Dylan DeMello, DeMello oh. is the same age as one of them. Um, the older on. one. The older one. I know it's the older one. 
Yeah, I think Tim Heat is 25. I'm looking this up right now because we're really bad at podcasting and knowing our facts. Um, Tim Heat is 26. So Tim Heat's 26. Dylan DeMello is also 26. That would make Yoakam Ryan. I believe he's 25. Because there's only a yeah, one year difference between those two. They're, they're, they're young enough to do whatever, but uh, uh, please, please, Pete DeBoer, please, please, please do not send them down. Like, we need to figure yeah. out who controls Pete DeBoer's mail. Or, like, email and send him this and beg for him to, like, I will never say another bad thing about you, Pete DeBoer, if you you just keep them in the lineup, please. And I think on some level he knows this, because here's the thing, he, he hasn't touched the defense at all. Since Paul Martin's been out, he hasn't touched it. The forward That's a really good point. The bottom six have been all over the place, and even a little bit with that second line, and... He hasn't touched the defense. So I think on some level he knows, but then once Paul Martin isn't on IR, what are they going to do? You know, That's, the, that's, that's the big question right there. Yeah. Um, I think he knows that, that DeMello is not the best option, but Paul Martin, he, it's going to be, he's, it's harder for, to convince him of that because we all know that Pete DeBoer has a boner for old dudes. So like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, uh, well, like, I don't know. It's, that's going to be the, the battle there, is convincing him that Paul Martin um, is is not as good as Joachim Ryan, who has played all of, like, six NHL games now. I don't care. I, I'm all in on the Joachim or, Ryan experience after, after five yeah. games. Just yeah, hook it to my veins, please. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking speaking of uh, old dudes and fossils, I think on back to backs, Joe Thornton may need to just chill, take a rest, yeah. take a maintenance day. Um, yeah. Joe Thornton already moves at the speed of a glacier. Uh, yeah. So giving him that extra rest, coming off a major knee injury, probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I know Joe Thornton's like in crazy shape and the guy's like a crazy gamer. And if he plays another three years, nobody would be surprised. But at the same time, that back to back, it was not the greatest back yeah. portion. Um, they crushed New Jersey. Back they were, to back aw- they on, were awesome on the road too. Like, yeah, it's, it's not the ideal situation. No. And I just think having, I think we've been spoiled in re- recent years where like Patrick Marlowe is insanely fast, even at 38 or 39. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of like didn't really show, but like now that he's gone and Thornton has the knee injury and he's getting older and he already wasn't the fastest guy, I think maybe giving him a couple days, like pulling a Spurs um, mm-hmm. of the NBA where they just rest guys ad nauseum, um, yeah, maybe helpful uh, just because it it didn't look, especially the Islanders are fast, like mm-hmm. the Islander the Islanders may not be good, but the Islanders are fast and the Islanders are kind of young, so they. Uh, they can expose things like older guys being slow. And I just think maybe Joe Thornton could take a rest. And that's where, like, you bring in a guy like Joel Ward, maybe mm-hmm. take Thornton out, move Couture up or something, or move Patel that was Pavelski exactly what over I was the thinking. center. Literally, yeah. as soon as you decide let Thornton rest, I'm like, okay, so Couture gets bumped up. Um, so you've got LeBanc, Couture, and Pavelski on a line. Move Hurdle to the center on that second line and bring, like, Timo or Donskoy up to the second line. Um, exactly. And then, exactly. Exactly. And then you could bring up a, a, a well, Goodrow's exempt now from waivers. God damn it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Say, you could you could bring up Danny O'Regan or somebody because I think Ryan Carpenter could slide over to the uh, over to the wing. Um, yeah. But I, he's been really good. Uh, maybe we should just give a shout out to Ryan Carpenter for being good at hockey. Uh, oh, I've, I've I've really really I know we said it earlier. I've really enjoyed watching Ryan Carpenter play the last couple games and. Yeah, he might. He might see him in uh, the the AHL, and you know, at both levels, he he really is just kind of a standout guy. It's just weird saying that when he hasn't done a whole lot this season, but you know, like last year when he just came out of the gate, just absolutely shocking everybody. Like no one expected Ryan Carpenter to be as good as he was last year. So yeah, I I, he's a player I really like. I'm always watching him when he's on the ice, seeing what he's doing because he Mm -hmm. he's good. And let's, <laughs> let's temper our our thoughts because, like, we're not saying he's the next first line center of the no, Sharks. No, 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 no. He's not. he's probably like a third line guy. Like, a, he's a, good a, a at good what third he does. Line guy. He's good <laughs> at what he does, which which circles back because this podcast is full of circling back and coming full circle. Yeah. Timo Meyer is a top six guy, and he's supposed to be a top six guy right. on our team. So again, just comes back to the frustration. Ryan Carpenter's playing really well. Awesome. Why right. is Meyer still out of the lineup? Like having even leaving Meyer in and giving him Carpenter to see what he does is just would be better. And like Danny O'Regan can get called yeah. up. And um, too bad Rourke Charche has a concussion because I love Rourke Charche. But they have they have all this young talent. They talk about moving on uh, to like more of a youth situation, and they don't. Yeah. To put it to put it flatly, I think we should also touch on Aaron Dell. Oh, for oh. two, Aaron Dell. <laughs> sad <laughs> and the thing, this is going back again because that's what we do uh to pete DeBoer and his leash um see i think aaron Dell got the start against the islanders twice because he was four he and or rec- something like that yeah he had a good record against the islanders previously so it was you know just uh and one of them was a back-to-back so it's like which okay, i loved oh. i aaron Dell should play on every single back-to-back i agree but now okay so we're seven games into the season. Those two games, Arendelle dropped. Like, what is Pete DeBoer going to do? How, like, Arendelle's already a goalie that we don't see often enough. Like, it, it just doesn't look good for him as far as the rest of the season goes. And that makes me sad because he's the world's okayest goalie. Yeah. Um, he's, he's like, pretty good usually. And I, Arendelle's my favorite. So... The backup goalies through my Sharks fandom tenure, like, I don't remember the early <laughs> days, so I don't remember, like, Kelly Rudy rolling around in the crease. But, like, Antero Nidamaki has been there. <laughs> um, uh, who else? Thomas Grice, uh, Vasa Toskala, Mika Kiprasov. These guys will all come and go. Aaron Dell's my favorite. And Aaron Dell's might be... Mika Kiprasov took off when he left. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron Dell might be the best pure backup they've had in a while, and it just... I think Pete DeBoer and Doug Wilson, well, because Pete DeBoer wasn't there, the Alex Stalock era. Uh, I will say James Reimer. Uh, oh, yeah, James, James Reimer. Reimer. I forgot about him. All eight games we of had, James Reimer. We, we he, did he have awesome. James Reimer <laughs> yeah, for a minute. Awesome. <laughs> so, the thing was that Pete DeBoer played James Reimer down the stretch and gave Martin Jones rest, and Martin Jones was awesome in the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. He can't, uh, he can't play Martin Jones for 67 games again this season. It's just impossible. No. No. Um... Oh, I had thoughts and I lost them. Are uh, they about Aaron Dell? How how much no, we actually, love Aaron Dell? No, you know what they were about was Alex Stalock because I'm. Uh, if you don't know this, I'm also a Wild fan. Uh, they're my second favorite team. Um, 
I love those boring Minnesota boys. And Alex Stalock is now their backup goalie. And I just have, like, war flashbacks <laughs> to him being in net for San Jose. And, God. <laughs> like, he's a nice guy. Nice guy. Uh, <laughs> We're judging purely. We're, this is this is a meritocracy just, where we judge purely just, on your ice, yeah. ice skills. <laughs> Unless you're, like, an abjectly horrible human, then then we don't care. But, right, um, right. They're all they're all pretty nice guys. Um, Antti Niemi got cut by yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins today. He did. He got uh, put on waivers, which I'm really interested to see what happens with that because Vegas is in need of a goaltender. Uh, you don't think Oscar the- Dansk is the future? Yeah. Well, I mean, they at least need a backup. They need something because they got Wait, who, flurry who out. Who is and- their backup now that I Oscar know. Dansk would be their full time goalie? They'd have to like. Th- it's probably, like, some random plumber through. that we've never heard of from the ECHL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they pull, like, a um, Canes last year and have their equipment manager <laughs> be their, their backup. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so we could be seeing him in the Pacific Division again. Um, I don't know. I'm really interested to see what happens. If he clears waivers, um, if he'll actually report to the AHL, or if he um, might look elsewhere. I mean... Who knows? We'll see. I don't know. It'll be an interesting one. It's, uh, Antti Niemi was maligned in San Jose, and Martin Jones is, like, the same person, but <laughs> had, had a good playoffs. So yeah, it's like, one, it's one really good year, and then it is just increasingly average. Afterwards. I think Martin Jones is better, um, personally, just because I watched Antti Niemi play, but, yeah. um, like, Martin Jones, Niemi's up the net a lot. And I just think they're kind of similar. They're very, very, very similar in that they're both, like, super middle of the pack. And it's just weird yeah. how much, like, Jones gets beloved and Antti Niemi gets derided for being horrible. <laughs> I think we jumped the gun on Jones's contract. but And that, I think that affects, you know, people's opinion of him, too. Because, obviously, if you sign him for six years, or, yeah, he's six, right? Uh, he got six. And, yeah. Six by six? Uh, Vlasic got eight. Because they were signed, like, right at the same time. Burns got eight, yeah. Eight, yeah. Um, Those contracts are going to be really bad in, like, five years. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I'll I'll be 33. I'll just be super angry. At, like, at, like, (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't even want to think about how old I'm going to be when Brent Burns is still, like, our top defenseman. Oh, God. No, no, no. You're forgetting. Yoko Ryan and Tim Heed will be the future. And Jeremy Roy. How could we not? Shout out to my boy, Jeremy Roy. I can't wait to podcast about the Jeremy Roy era. Yeah. <laughs> please, please, please inject all of the plasma into your knee to make it better. <laughs> yeah, uh, his development will be interesting. Um, did you see that, uh, speaking of players who are still developing, Jake McGrew got a hat trick. He was uh, our... I don't, I don't really watch a lot of minor leagues. First of all, I have to watch the Sharks through sources on the internet so it's not like i have like a steady stream of internet so to find the barracuda i am assuming would be a tall task and then to find anything other than the barracuda like if it's ncaa or something i'm just checking out uh mcgrew's actually in the whl so i don't know with you being in canada how much easier Uh, that would be i get the ohl Oh, all right. Well, 
<laughs> so for all the, all the people in the states that don't know how it works, so the CHL is the Canadian Hockey League, and then it's divided up into the WHL, which is the Western Hockey League, which is BC, Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and then there's like random like Seattle, uh, like yeah. Tri Cities and stuff like that. Like there's random a couple American teams, um, and then there's the OHL, which is just Ontario, and then like one or two American teams, um, and then there's yeah, the Q. Like new- no, the key. Never mind. Sorry. Continue. No, like in the OHL, I think there's like Erie. Um, yeah. The Erie Otters I was thinking and, of the the Q has the New York teams in it. Uh, right? Yeah, and then the Q has the Q has like super duper French teams like Rouen, Noranda Huskies, um, and like Laval. I don't even know like Voisin or whatever the hell they're called. Um, <laughs> and they have like the eastern part of Canada, and then each league. So if you're from Ontario, you basically play in the OHL. If you're from Quebec, you play in the Q8 and JHL. So McGrew being a Prairie guy, he would play in the WHL, and we don't, they don't really cross that often. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I keep up on the WHL and the QMJL, just, like, who's good and stuff like that. Like, I was aware of Timo Meyer and Halifax, but um, if they're not, like, in the OHL, it's not as widely covered where I'm from. So I'd have to, like, seek it out, and I'm just, there's a lot of hockey. Well, I think in general, too, that the the O gets the most national coverage as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're right about that, too. Like, in because, Canada. I mean, you're, you're getting all of the top-end talent out of Ontario, and that is such a big, like, hockey yeah, so like, breeding in, like, ground. Exactly. And, like, in, like, the mythos, the O is the best league where you find, like, all sorts of best talents. The Q is just pure forwards and goalies. There's no defense mm-hmm. being played in the Q. And then the WHL <laughs> is where you find, like, your Shea Webbers and your big, huge defensemen that just crush people. And um, if there was a hierarchy, if you asked anybody, you would, they would probably say the OHL is the best, then the W, and then the Q has the least talent. Uh, yeah. That just might be, like, French racism, but uh, <laughs> 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 but that, that's how it's, like, generally viewed here. I know in the States, like, the NCAA is, like, just one big mishmash of teams. Yeah, well, actually, the the comparable league would be the the USHL in the the US because uh, the CHL is tier one juniors. Um, I believe the USHL is tier two juniors, uh, major juniors. How old do you have to be so. to play in the USHL? Sixteen. Six I is it sixteen to nineteen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's the that's same too. Uh, that's the same as um, in Canada, except you can get in Canada. Actually, I think it's sixteen to twenty. Yeah, in Canada, you can have overagers. So you can yeah. have like two per team or something like that. Yeah. Um, they have to be designated. But in the in, I don't know if it's just the OHL or if it's all of the CHL. You can get special exemption for certain players uh, to play when they're like fifteen. So like Connor McDavid, uh, yeah. John Tavares, this kid named Sean Day. Uh, uh, so there's been like four or five of them total. I think it was like McDavid, Tavares, Sean Day, and like maybe like one other person. If I'm forgetting um, that they can play under 15, but it never ever happens. The USHL uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I know a lot about it. Um, <laughs> I wrote a whole primer on it, um, and basically it's kind of a Midwest league, um, tier two juniors. So people think that the the talent level is not that of the CHL, but really their top lines are comparable. It's just that the the USHL, especially as a younger league, um, as in they haven't been around as long, um, they kind of lack the depth that the CHL does. But their top lines are comparable. Um, I believe Seth Jones was the highest drafted out of the USHL because he was drafted fourth overall, but there's been a someone out of the USHL drafted in the first round every year for, oh geez. 
oh, I don't remember how many years it's been off the top of my head, but for a while. <laughs> um, Did Patrick Kane come from the USHL? I have no idea. I hate that man. Wasn't he one of those guys that played, or was he NCAA? I'm looking right now, because I really don't know. I hate him so much, but... Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's me who thinks the CHL, like, especially the OHL, is the best junior hockey system in the world. Go Canada. But that's just me. Like, I don't, like, it, it would be like, it's like when people watch soccer and they don't know about, like, the Bundesliga 2, because they love English Premier League, and they love, like, and, like, League 1. Uh, they're just different leagues for different things, and I'm sure they do different... Like I said earlier, the Q is seen as an offensive league, so if you have a really high goal scorer there, it's seen as, like, he's the best of the best in goal scoring. So I'm sure it's the same as the USHL, where there's good guys coming out of that factory, yeah. but it's just, like, it kind of gets overlooked because the OHL is just the supposed, supposed cream of the crop. Yeah, so interestingly enough with Patrick Kane, he um, was part of the U.S. National Development Team, um, but then he was actually drafted out of the OHL with the London Knights. He played one season with them. So Really? <laughs> yeah. In 2007? Yes. Or whatever it was. That's yep. awesome. I did not know that. Yeah, so he doesn't count. <laughs> no, uh, he so doesn't. Seth Jones is still the highest drafted out of the USHL. And Seth um, Jones is good. There you go, USHL. Yeah. Hang your hat so, on that. So, Jake yeah. Yeah. Jake McGrew, going going back. Jake McGrew, uh, this is his first year with the WHL. He was drafted in the sixth round by the Sharks um, this summer. And everyone was like, why? Because uh, <laughs> he he hadn't played in the, the WHL yet. He got injured in the preseason last year. Um, injury to his knee, I believe. Um, that kept him out for the entire year. So that's kind of worrying when an injury is that bad, that he was off the ice for over a year. Um, but his numbers with the LA Junior Kings were good, and this is someone that they've been watching for a long time. He's he's a California native. Um, they've been watching his development, and so they saw something in him that made them draft him in the sixth round, which, you know, low-risk pick, whatever. But he has come back to the WHL. This is a team, because he's with the Spokane Chiefs, um, this is a team that is now lacking Kyler Yamamoto, who is still on his nine-game stint with the um, Edmonton Oilers. We'll see if he stays with them or not. But um, So while Kyler Yamamoto's gone, there's kind of a space to fill there, and Jake McGrew is certainly doing his best. He got a hat trick, um, and he also scored the first goal, I think, in his first game back. So he's he's doing pretty good. Uh, it's exciting. It's good to know that Doug Wilson didn't totally flop that pick. <laughs> that, okay, maybe <laughs> this guy can do something. Depending on who you ask in this podcast, uh, there's a lot of flop picks. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's good when they find guys, unearth somebody like that who yeah. uh, may have been overlooked by other teams and stuff like that. And as like if Spokane, is Spokane any good? Um, they were last year with Kyler Yamamoto. I'm so not like, sure what their their record was, but I know we'll, that they were. Yeah, good. like we'll start hearing more about him as it gets closer to like Calder Cup finals. Yeah, um, and they'll uh, or the Memorial, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, the Memorial uh, Cup is Memorial. Yeah. Sorry, Calder Cup is the I HL. You. I was just talking about it today. Um, the Memorial. Um, so if they're any good, like people like in the OHL, they'll start paying attention more to who will be coming from the West or the Q or whatever like that. So 
Um, hopefully he has a really good season. Does he have any chance of making it next year? I don't think so. I think because he had that year off, I have a feeling he's going to spend an extra year with the, the WHL um, and then Not probably the come, up, come up to the AHL afterward. If uh, the Barracuda do make a, a deep cup run and the Chiefs don't, I could see him maybe getting called up for being just an extra body um, during playoffs, possibly. Hmm. That could happen. But I think he's going to have a good season, and uh, that's exciting. I think that uh, finding a kind of diamond in the rough like that is, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he turns out to be good. Yeah. That, that would be that would be very helpful. Yes. <laughs> very, very uh, helpful. Yeah. Um, uh, so one, looking, oh, go ahead. Oh, nope, you, you got something else. I was, I was going to say looking forward, they have, they finish up the road trip coming up, and um, I think they can escape above 500 back to L, uh, back to LA oh my god back to San Jose it's very late on the east coast um, yeah <laughs> uh, so not back to LA they can escape back to San Jose which is a different city a much far superior city <laughs> shout out to the bay area um, so <laughs> most of play... our listeners are from the bay area by the way thanks soundcloud for pointing that out to me oh awesome hopefully once <laughs> itunes kicks in too we'll have even more listeners who for sure <laughs> don't have soundcloud like me um, i uh, they play Boston, uh, Boston. Uh, they have they play Boston coming up, uh, so I think they can definitely win there, especially if Rask is out. Uh, yeah. And then I think they play they play Buffalo. somebody else random. Buffalo, yeah. Oh God. Buffalo. Um, they if we also don't play beat Buffalo. Like I, li- I, I don't believe in curses. Um, I do. But uh, I, if we can't beat Buffalo, like San Jose's playing good, good enough that they're going to be bu- they're going to be Buffalo. Let's like, just put it at that. Yeah. They're, they're going to be Buffalo. And I noticeably skipped over the best game coming up, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Patrick Marlowe mm. makes his return to San Jose. Good transition, because we're going to talk about how um, Patrick Marlowe Is celebrated dead to me? His, <laughs> his 1500th game, his seventh game with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they get to have this little celebration with him. Isn't that great? Aren't we just happy that he played that many games with San Jose? Oh, but it, who cares? It's I still haven't figured out where he lived yet. Uh, for all those people <laughs> in San Jose that aren't aren't aware of my life, I live in Toronto. I'm from Toronto. Um, I don't know where he lives yet, and I haven't seen him. I actually have only seen Mitchell Marner. I live like close to the downtown area, and I've only seen Mitchell Marner. And it was in the preseason, and I thought it was a child. He was like wearing like a backpack and a backwards hat. And we walked by, and I was like, hey, I think that was Mitch Marner. And then he turned around again. And I was like, oh, it is Mitch Marner. And I honestly thought it was just like a high school kid. Even though he's like 6'1", he's, he's like super baby face. <laughs> um, so I don't know where he lives yet, but Marlo has been like, all my friends that are Leaf fans have just constantly rubbed it in my face that Marlo plays for the Leafs. And it's weird because he's old. And in my brain, I understand that like it's fine that they're going to pay him $6.25 million and they can be loaded with that anchor in a year. But at the same time, it's super frustrating when he's just scoring goal after goal after goal for the Leafs because yeah. the only thing he has to do is score goals. He's not asked to do anything else, even remotely assembling hockey besides score <laughs> goals. Uh, and that's what he's doing. And it's just, it's super weird. And then, like on Twitter, some people are trying to call him Margol. And it's just, no. I have 19 years with Patrick Marlowe. Don't call him Margol. I'm very angered by this. Yeah. Um, I'm just annoyed that, like, Really, it's been seven games, and like they get to they get to have that with him. Like that just makes me so mad. Like, you, you yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> you weren't there for literally, like, 1,493 <laughs> games. Hey, you, you don't you, get... <laughs> you, wasn't, you wasn't shooting in the gym. You weren't there shooting in the gym. Uh, we, we saw him get stripped of caps and captaincy, damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't have to deal with Jeremy Roenick. Roenick. We had to deal with Jeremy Roenick. Uh, he's, so. he's, like, he's, like, one goal away from tying Jeremy Roenick, eh? Oh my god! He's, he scored. It, he scored again tonight uh, for the Leafs because, and they did. beat the Kings. Shout out to the Leafs for nice. beating the Kings. I hope um, he still hates them just as much. I, I don't think Mar- Patrick Marlowe hates or loves anything. No. I think he's like. <laughs> I think he's like right in the middle. He always has that like just smiley, solidly f- neutral. Yeah, he has everything. that like smile look on his face and just like carries on with his life. <laughs> I think Christina Marlowe is really the the emotional the emotional. Uh, bellwether in that family do you think that do you think that the kids and christina marlowe are going to come back to san jose on tuesday oh oh what if they do the ceremonial puck drop i will cry oh Um, that would be so awesome do we know anybody in the sharks organization can we or how do we make this happen Uh, Um, who do douglas jr hit me up yeah (laughs) uh listeners if you know anyone who can make this happen hey if uh, the sharks listen to our podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure there's one like sharks mole just like who's like some like intern whose job it is to listen to fear the finn podcast and just has to like put up with our accents and like us talking about like dudes weights and stuff uh so if you're listening to this random intern yes that's you I'm not sorry, but I, I want you to apologize for everything that I am. <laughs> I want you to at me as aggressively as you can, so that we can get Christina Marlowe to drop the puck. Um, they're gonna do like a, they're gonna do like a huge video tribute to him, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I'll cry the whole time. That's fine. Will you? I, I won't. I won't. I'll probably won't even watch it. I'll be so bitter. Yeah, <laughs> just like at me when it's over. Should I when I go in January to the Sharks leave? Should I boo him? Oh, that's so I could. mean. I could. Can you even, like, that, I, I don't I just couldn't look at that face and feel good with myself doing that, so. Perhaps ah. you if you can, though. Uh, ah. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, he is, he's coming back to San Jose. Uh, that'll be fun. The Sharks are probably going to lose that game, but uh, yeah. that'll, that'll oh, be fun. I'm that'll sure. be fun, just because Patrick Marlowe's back, and he's, because, love him or hate him, he was Mr. Shark, and he was a large part of our hockey lives. Uh, for yeah. a long time, so that'll be that'll be nice to see him back uh, in Toronto or um, in San Jose. Yeah, kind of circling back a little bit. Oh no, actually, we we weren't recording when we talked about this, but we were talking about um, before we started rec- 